Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Okay, before I get started, I did just want to make a brief announcement. She had mentioned Hearts at Rest, and in the lobby, right when you exit below the stairs, there's a table where you'll see this book, and I want to explain what that is and how it, how it relates to you. Uh, my mom is somewhere in this room, and she's also part of Entourage. Entourage is just a multi-congregational, denominational women's ministry, so we're just women who love to to gather together and worship and serve, uh, but a few years ago, probably about 2014 to 2016, there was just an onslaught of women in our lives personally, my mom and I, who were battling fear and anxiety and just sort of sort of stuck there. And at that time, it wasn't really the buzzword anxiety that it is, is now. God's made a lot of resources available since that time. But in 2017, we realized, our eyes were open to the, the reality that that was a harvest around us, and he was calling us to labor in it for our sisters and our neighbors. And so my mom is an LPC, and uh, we, we organized a team of women who pray. Many were from this, this house right here, and uh, we wrote this material called Hearts at Rest, A Journey Out of Anxiety and Into Wholeness. Um, it's, it's in you into realizing and walking in the revelation of that wholeness. So this is available for free in the, in the lobby. However, we are doing, we do this a few times a year. We are facilitating um, the six sessions of this here in Durant at our chapel on the south side of town on March 31st and April 1st. The format of that would be very similar to this in terms of time frame. Um, my experience is that is the most effective way to go through it in the company of other women and in a facilitated setting. However, this material is available for free for download in the lobby. If you're from another campus and you're interested in, in bringing that to your community or another church, then we do uh, travel and do that as well. So hearts at rest. This is something that God put in our hearts to do for the women in our lives. And, uh, and we enjoy to continue doing that. So that answers that, and I think we can get to it. So let me pray. Lord, I thank you. Um, I ask for the things that you put on my heart to ask for, God, um, that you would give us holy heartburn. We're not our hearts burning within us, that you would cut us to the heart and we would say, what should we do with this? And I pray for the spirit of the fear of the Lord to rest in here, that we might have knowledge, wisdom, and understanding as we open the mystery of your word and your gospel. Amen. So, okay, we're going we're gonna to get right to it. I just want to start out. I feel like in I love where Antoinette ended in praying for the feet. Just, and we don't talk to each other about what we're speaking about. We know the theme. We seek the Lord. But um, the title of, of my message is, There Are Springs in Your Steps. And uh, we'll end there. We'll talk about that at the, at the end. But in the beginning, I just want to kind of do a survey of the heart because it's such a common and general word. And so when we're talking about the heart biblically, um, what exactly are we talking about? And so I thought we could look to the word and look to a few pictures of the heart that the Lord has given us. So we're just going to go through these quickly. The Lord has told us that before Christ, our heart is like stone. So it is lifeless. It is without the capacity to bear life. We 
know from the parables of the sower that our heart is like soil, various kinds of soil, but like soil nonetheless. We're told that, um, this was mentioned by Elizabeth last night, that our heart is a spring. It is the wellspring of our life. Um, We know that our heart is a storehouse. It is like a, a treasury where things are stored, hopefully good things. Our heart is also like a stream in the hand of the Lord. And finally, where I'm going to spend the emphasis of uh, the first part of our time is looking at our heart like a staircase. And you'll note the, the verse underneath that. And you may be thinking, I don't see the word staircase there. We're going we're gonna to anchor in in this passage of, of Psalm 84, 5, and then eventually we'll bring in verse 6 as well. But when you read that, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you in whose hearts are the highways to Zion, or whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. So Antoinette had mentioned a while ago, just to use this as an example, she talked about how the word finished also meant the word shalom. So I just want to tell you a really easy Bible study tool. If you're thinking, what in the world? Um, In the same vein that she said that, this word also means this word. Um, The word pilgrimage, um, the word highways, it also means the word staircase. And the way that anyone in this room might know that is biblehub.com. So if you type in any verse on biblehub.com, you're going to be able to see a breakdown of every single word. You're going to see the Strong's reference for it, whether it be Greek, Hebrew, or another language. And then you're also going to be able to find an index of every single verse in the entire Bible that it's used all in one click after you make it to Bible Hub. So that's just a FYI. You don't need to like feel like that's a fancy thing or an intimidating thing. But I want you to know that when we are looking at this verse that is so familiar, blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose hearts are pilgrimage or in whose hearts are the highways to Zion, that we know that there is a Hebrew word in there that also means stairway, staircase, thoroughfare, viaduct. So by the nature of our heart, according to how the psalmist describes it here, there is literally a faculty and capacity of our heart to ascend with the Lord, to go on a journey with the Lord. Okay, so we know that the psalmist says elsewhere, who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? She has clean hands and a pure heart. Antoinette talked about the process of Christ and the gospel. We, we receive clean hands and a pure heart by the sprinkling of the blood that she mentioned. So we all, as believers in the new covenant, we have a heart that has highways inside it, has staircases inside it, and it is designed to go on a journey upward with the Lord. So um, just to give you kind of an overview of how I'm going to balance my time, we're just going to round out some teaching for a few minutes, and then I'm going to testify for a few minutes, and I want to come back, and I want to exhort us all together. So I'm going to switch lanes a few times, highways, I guess we could say, to, to tie it in, but I want you to understand what I'm doing. So we'll go ahead and go. I want to look at a few different uh, translations and paraphrases of this verse, Psalm 84, verse 5, and I'm going to look at my notes a little bit because this is pretty scriptural heavy and um, don't feel like you have to keep along in, in, in your Bible. You can do whatever you need to do uh, to, to make the most of it. But the NIV translation says, blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. The SV version, blessed is the man whose strength in you is in thee and whose heart are the highways to Zion. 
Blessed is the person whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the roads to Zion. And then how blessed are those who find their strength in you and long to travel the roads that lead to your temple. Okay, Antoinette talked a lot about what the temple meant, both in the Old Testament and the Old Covenant, covenant and what it means now in the New Testament and the New Covenant. But I do want to just briefly answer two questions. I want to answer what is pilgrimage? So what is this verse talking about? What is this capacity of the heart to ascend, to go on a faithful journey of pilgrimage to the temple of the Lord or to, to Zion? So we, we learn about this, um, this process of pilgrimage for the first time in the book of Exodus. It's being set up in the law. And, and this is when God is bringing the Hebrews out of, of slavery and into to promise. And he's instituting things for and, and so he's saying three times a year, it may say men, but it really means the, the community. I want the, I want everyone to gather before me. And they kind of did it in agricultural seasons. There were three feasts that surrounded it. But this is, this is still Jewish custom today. Um, so pilgrimage at that time was this decision to go to the place that Antoinette described in 1 Kings, the Temple of Solomon, um, or there, there were multiple temples, but the temple of, of Solomon would be a good example to go there. We are going there. This is part of our rhythm of life. We're going there. We're going in community. We are going to draw near to the presence of the Lord. We are going to receive all that that entails. We're going to return, and then we're going to come back again. So in our culture, we really do have a culture of pilgrimage, if you consider even that you're here today. Let's just use the culture of victory life. We have Jubilee annually. We have women's conference annually. And so it's a decision to pilgrimage into the presence of the Lord, often in, in community. But my favorite story of pilgrimage is Jesus on pilgrimage. This, and I'm going to paraphrase it. This is from Luke chapter two. I think this will be familiar to you. It says that when Jesus was around 12 years old, his family had gone up for one of, of the feasts and, um, and they journeyed together. And so when it was over, Mary and Joseph returned and they were about a day into their journey. And they just assumed that Jesus was somewhere else within the caravan of people only to find out he wasn't there at all. That's a terrifying feeling if you've ever been babysitting someone or had your own child and they're not where you thought that they were. And so, uh, so they return and they go to the temple and they find Jesus in the temple. And in a very motherly way, Mary says, how could you do this to us? And he said, didn't you know? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Didn't you know that I had to be about my father's business? And so I love that as a working definition for pilgrimage. It is a heart journey to do the Father's business and to experience the presence of the Father's house. So next, I think we need to just briefly understand what is Zion. So we know these people are committed to being on pilgrimage, and the place that they're going to is Zion. And um, there, it's many things, but we'll just briefly say it's a chosen place. It's a chosen people. So Zion is a mountain. It's a hill. It's the location of where the temple was. It is how we are referred to as the believers in the New Testament, because as Antoinette said, we are God's dwelling place. So guess what? I'm a daughter of Zion. So I'm, I'm Zion, but Zion also is a geographic place 
in Israel. And Zion also is heaven. Okay? So it's kind of like um, Christmas. I have a child that loves to understand time frames. And she asks often, we celebrate the season of Christmas probably over about 75 days in our house. And, um, and so she will say, is it Christmas? And I will say, what do you mean by that? Do you mean the day we open gifts? Do you mean Christ's birth? Or do you mean the season in which we celebrate? Because they're all Christmas and they all can be Christmas. But context is important. And so I think the same is true for Zion, that we understood what it meant for them historically, geographically. But for us, it is both the revelation of God dwelling within us now with the deposit of the Holy Spirit, but knowing that our spirits are seated in Christ in Zion. So it's this tension of walking in the revelation, I'm Zion, but I'm walking a journey of pilgrimage and sanctification to Zion. Does that make sense? Yes, I hope so. Um, And I, I love this verse from Hebrews that goes on to describe Zion in terms of the kingdom of heaven. This is Hebrews 12, 22 through 24. It says, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, into myriads of angels, into the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. We are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. We are the spirits. I just told you our spirits are seated in Christ. They are righteous. They are made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel. So this paints a picture of where we are. We are righteous spirits made perfect, but we are going to this place, this heavenly Zion. That is the pilgrimage of our lives and our hearts have the capacity to do it in Christ. So next I want to look um, at at the message paraphrase of, of Psalm 84 verses 5 through 7 because I love the way Eugene Peterson says this. He says, how blessed are those in whom you live whose lives become roads you travel. They wind through lonesome valleys. They come upon brooks. They discover cool springs and pools brimming brimming with rain. God traveled. These roads curve up the mountain and at last turn Zion. God in full view. I would just add to you, you probably know this, but this was pilgrimage and this whole rhythm of their life, there's an entire section of the Psalms written about this called the, the Psalms of Ascent or the Songs of Ascent from 120 to 133. These were believed to be the songs that they would sing um, perhaps as they traveled to the temple or even in accordance with the steps going up, um, up the temple. And so um, in this, this verse, I want to read it one more time. How blessed are those in whom you live whose lives become roads on which you travel. And I want to come back to what Antoinette said. She told you, remember, you can take the temple to work with you on Monday. You can take the temple here. You can take the temple there. So Jesus, I told you also, I love the story of Jesus' pilgrimage, but the gospel story of Jesus' pilgrimage is that he did a reverse pilgrimage. He came from heaven to earth to indwell us and then to take us to our final resting or living place, which will be in 
in Zion. And so in the, the reality for us today of, of walking this out, I feel like pilgrimage often looks a lot more like follow me than let's go and, and have a feast um, because we carry the deposit of heaven within us. And so I'm going to share some testimony from my life in just a moment because what I've found in the past year is that there are definitely, there are definitely some navig navigable highways in my heart that lead to Zion. And I knew that. If you would have asked me, are you surrendered to the follow me pilgrimage invitation of Zion inside of you? I would have said yes. But you know what? When we are matured and when we are in the process of strengthening and transformation, it involves fire <laughs> sometimes. I don't know if you know that. You know what? I was just thinking, I've been crying all morning. And I was, and for many reasons, partially that I'm out of the season I'm about to tell you about, partially because I'm grateful for it, partially because I'm thankful that I wasn't burned when I walked through it, but I remember the heat. It was really hot. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I'd say I live a pretty surrendered life. It is my joy to do what the Lord asks. I delight in pilgrimage. And I usually have a pretty good idea of what that looks like. I love women's ministry. I love writing. Um, there are many things that I do and surrender to the Lord. But he really caught me off guard in the past year. And I had to deal with some wilderness. He had to deal with some wilderness places in my heart. I'm going to tell you about it because it's pretty miraculous. Sometimes awful and magnificent can exist together. In fact, I received a prophetic word over my life last year before this season began. And it was not a favorite of mine. Um, I actually thought it was a typo for awesome. It's going to be an awesome and magnificent year, but it actually was awful. Um, and, um, and I want to also step over. I'm going to cover this side because I've not been here. This is a sidebar. Um, in this part of my testimony, I'm going to reference several prophetic, prophetic words from women in this room. And I am from a conservative background, so not that long ago, I had no capacity to really even understand what that meant. Um, I've walked with the Lord since childhood, but the way that Elizabeth described hearing from the, the Lord, that was not familiar to me, though I loved my word and I could see where there was precedent from it. Um, so reach, like, ultimately about 2017, I reached a point of surrender. I'm like, there's got to be more. I'm just diving in at the risk of being totally wrong. And so what happened when I did that, I found myself in a pool of women who had also dove in. <laughs> and, um, and, and it is so neat to see how the Lord uses the body of Christ to cut these highways. If you, you'll, you know this verse from Isaiah 40, verse 3. It says, a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord make straight 
in the desert a highway for our God. It's the same, it's the same word. It's the same Hebrew word that we're talking about from Psalm 84. He wants a highway cut through in the wilderness places so that we can pilgrimage together. And, and the voice of the Lord is what proclaims it. And so I just want to back up to February of 2021 and tell you about the first time the voice of the Lord began cutting this ground in my heart. And you have to remember, the word of the Lord is like seed. So not only is he cutting ground in the soil of my heart, each time this happened, he's putting seeds in there. So February 2021, my sister-in-law is probably here somewhere. This was an ice storm. She said, we were, our kids were like playing in the snow. And she said, I had a dream about you last night. And I had a dream that you um, were on a stage with a man that you had helped run for political office. And he won. And I said, that sounds awful. <laughs> because it does. It does. There's, no, there's nothing. I don't want to. Yeah. No, I would never want to do that. So I would, anyway, I didn't really receive that as a prophetic word. I'm like, that's pretty wild. Um, so moving along, there's, there's a lot of parts to this story. I had some friends. Um, Crystal's in this room right now. Her husband, Cody, decided to run for State House of Representatives. I tried to talk them out of it. And <laughs> that's how they say they know I'm their real friend. Because everyone else is encouraging them. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. And, um, and anyway, um, it, in, in sort of just being their friend on, on that journey with them, I'd had a dream in August of 2021 that I was in a particular room uh, with, with important leaders um, not all good leaders, but important leaders, influential leaders. And I could hear a discussion going on um, about two men. And those two men are now currently my state representative and my United States representative. And um, anyway, but just that didn't mean much to me at the time other than, wow, I see that God has chosen them to do, to do this thing. And so um, anyway... In January of 2022, so just keep moving along, I'd kind of helped my friend Crystal and Cody for a minute by the grace of God. When I sat down with them to talk them out of running, I actually felt grace well up in me to help them. And I was very caught off guard by it because I was so opposed to it. Um, but that was just for a couple months, and then I was released from that assignment. Hallelujah. And, um, and then... Um, January of 2022, I was praying into the wee hours of the night with some ladies in this room, praying and prophesying. I kind of like informally call it fight club when we do this. Uh, my husband's like, what do y'all do? And I'm like, we literally pray and prophesy like hours into the night. But anyway, I was in a room with many women from in here. And uh, one of them said, you need to keep your May completely open. And I had enough history with that woman um, that I knew she was right. And so I'm like, Lord, what women's ministry thing are we going to get to do together? Or am I going on a long beach vacation that I've been wanting to go on with my family? Maybe two weeks. So I honored that in my heart, and I kept my schedule open. And, and then in February, women's conference last year, I was, I was setting up here, and I think Misty had, had spoken and maybe had a little challenge at the end, but I was just praying for a word from the Lord for like, right, like I just want a today word from you, Lord, a today word um, about whatever he had to speak. And so at the end of the conference, I was cleaning up in the green room, and uh, Sue Sheriff came and got me and said, there's a woman in the sanctuary who has a word for you. And, um, and so I... I came in here, 
And she said, I'm so sorry, but I've had this dream I've got to tell you about. <sighs> you're huge pregnant, and it's very masculine, and the Lord just says, you're, he's going to be with you. And I'm like, okay. So, so I'm like, things are looking good this year. The year may be awful. I may have a huge masculine baby, or maybe we, I get to go to the beach or do women's ministry. And um, we see in part, we know in part, right? But I'm hiding these words in my heart. As people, I just don't understand what they mean. So, but I trust the women they're coming from. I trust the God in them. And um, so anyway, long story short, in April, on Easter Sunday, I get a text from a friend that says, do you know that this guy, that's my brother in Christ, is going to run for Congress? I knew as soon as I read it. (laughs) This is so I knew I was getting called out of the dugout. I knew it because of the grace and all those seeds of the word of the voice of the Lord preparing the way in the wilderness. They all harvested immediately. And I felt the grace of peace rise up in me to step. Even though it's not what I really wanted to do. And so, <laughs> so um, that had to be walked out. And, and the reason, listen, I am a full-time volunteer and stay-at-home mom. And um, the reason that the Lord positioned me to do that was because a U.S. senator had resigned from within our state. So it shifted the political landscape. Then a U.S. representative ran for his office. So you've got actually two U.S. Senate races and a U.S. rep race. So you've got about 30 federal candidates running for office. So anybody that knew what they were doing they were hired months ago. The guy that the Lord called me to help had no money, and he filed the last day, hours before. So we came, <laughs> we came six weeks late to the race with no money. And, and so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, anyway, but the, I had the grace and peace from the Lord's step, and my husband did, because that was big sacrifice for him. And so, um, so I sat down for this meeting. My board of entourage releases me to do whatever this thing is. And these guys, these general consultants say, you can't do this by yourself. And I said, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I agree that I can't do it by myself. And they said, multiply yourself immediately times two. And so I looked at my women's ministry team at entourage, and I looked... Uh, I called upon two other women who are full-time caregivers for their family. I said, will you help me? You know what? I said, I don't even know what you can get paid. I don't even know what you're going to be doing, but I need your help. And I need to know in like three days. And uh, the race started six weeks ago. And so anyway, um, as the story goes, the Lord would not raise up just one or two or three or four. But really, when I count the women that spoke into that about 14, 15 months before it happened, when I count the women who opened their homes to consecrate that campaign in prayer and worship, when I, when I count the women that God raised up from my circle to sow financial seed because they saw that God was at work, the Lord raised up about 12 women to come alongside of me. Yeah. And it, was, and it was awesome, awful and awesome, because we actually had to do it three times. There were, you know, I'm like, oh. so back to May. This was in April that I found out the election was in June. So as I'm just thinking through, I think, oh my gosh, there's only one full month to get this done, and it's May. And the Lord's like, yep, and your calendar's clear. And it was, it was. 
except then in June, there was a runoff election, and then in August again, and then we had to go to November. And then it had to dwindle a little bit, even parts to January. But um, in January, on January 3rd, with several women in this room, uh, we started our day um, either in the office of our current congressman or in the upper galley of the United States House of Representatives. Um, because God... <laughs> Because God did a crazy, miraculous thing. We even, this race even made the news for the amount of dark money and fraudulent accusations that came. It was, it was um, awful. And, um, and so, so I told Hannah when she asked me to speak, because I, I really found even though the Lord had graced my feet to be obedient, my heart grappled the whole time because I was disappointed that's what we were doing. Well, Lord, I'm surrendered, but are you sure this is the best use of our time together? <laughs> we could be writing a book. We could be planning a women's conference. And, um, and so he showed me there was a gap between my heart and his that I didn't know existed. And that gap is the wilderness place. And he wants to close it because he wants a whole heart that have navigable highways to Zion because he wants to do the father's business. And he wants to invite you and me and the body of Christ into all of these lanes in staircases that are off of our radars. And, um, and so as I reflected on that. I thought, oh, like, Lord, how did all those women say yes to joining me in this? And he told me something. And this is what I'm going to shift to exhorting us now. He said, it's because they live in the roar. And then he told me what it meant. And we're going to have to move through quite a bit of scripture in just, just a moment. But I'll start with a baseline of Psalm 42, 7, that says, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfall. And so in a time where there was a lot of, that you could be hearing otherwise, the Lord raised up a company of women that had a roar inside of him that bore witness, inside of them that bore witness to what God was doing in the earth. They were women who did not live in the noise of today. They lived in the noise of heaven. Yeah, the women who live in the roar. And uh, the greatest honor, uh, as, as I look back on that, and I, and I told Hannah, I will speak. But listen, I feel like I'm still on the operating table of the Lord sewing me up from dealing with my heart and making it line up with his. And so I'm still reflecting this season. It's obviously very raw to me because I can feel the heat on it. Um, the hallelujah is not burned. Um, so what does it mean to be found in the roar? So I want to encourage you because that's not just for these random women. This is a call for the body of Christ to be found in the roar. And to be found in the roar, it's much like what Jesus said to Mary, to Mary and to Joseph. Didn't you know this is where I was going to be? Where my father's doing business, where my father is dwelling, where his presence is, this is the roar. And we know from the scripture, I'm going to call it the four roars of heaven. And I'm just going to, uh, you can show them the, the passages if you want to, Alex, but I'm just going to paraphrase it for them. Throughout this scripture, we get um, encounters in Daniel and Ezekiel in Revelation and otherwise where the voice, the, the, the Lord's voice is likened to the roar of the waters. 
So one of the roars is literally the voice of the Lord going out in the earth. The same voice, the same prophetic voice that cut the wilderness places of my heart to make a way with those prophetic words. The voice of the Lord is roar number one. The second roar that I just want to mention is in Ezekiel. Ezekiel gets caught up in this vision where he's seeing some strange-looking angels, and there's a will. You may know the story. But um, what they're doing, these angels are following the Spirit of God throughout the earth to do what he's telling them to do. And as they move about, it says that their wings sound like the roar of many waters. Meaning, as they do their work, it sounds like the voice of the Lord in motion. Okay, so I call that the second of the four wars. So God's voice, the wings of the angels following the Spirit of God throughout the earth. The third roar is um, what you find in the fourfold hallelujah in Revelation 19. And it's when John, the revelator, hears the angels and the saints and the elders singing together at the same time. Hallelujah. The Lord God Almighty reigns. And he says, it sounds like the roar of many waters. And the final roar of the four roars is the actual river of life that flows, it flows from the throne of God in Zion. And so when you are a woman or man whose heart is set on pilgrimage with the Lord, truly, when he has cut those wilderness places and your heart is set full of highways to do, to do the Father's business, you are a woman who lives in the roar. Yes, Yeah. And finally, the Lord has um, reminded me of Psalm 84. I'm going to go to the next verse. So beginning in verse 5, which we've been, how blessed is the man whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. Then it says, passing through the valley of weeping, they make it a spring And the early rain also covers it with blessings. And they go from strength to strength, every one of them appearing before God in Zion. And um, the Lord reminded me, because I feel like there are some of you that are really excited to live in the roar. I say that, and it, it bears witness inside of you. Actually, if you're a believer, I believe it bears witness with all of you, because the word of Christ has been written on our hearts. So when you hear truth, The deep roar of truth calls out to the deep roar of truth inside of you, and you know it's true. So I think we all know, wow, I am made to live in that roar, the four roars of heaven. But the Lord reminded me there are some who have been so sold out and so faithful, but life has been difficult, and your journey has been difficult. I talked about a difficult road I walked with the Lord that he invited me onto. There's some of you who have walked roads that were out of your control, death, loss, so many things. And, and I, I perceive that maybe you're struggling to move forward, to stand back up, to be willing to be found in that roar again. Because when you were doing it before, you still encountered the heartache of life. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to remind you there are springs in your steps. And I'm not talking about metal springs. I'm talking about the springs of the river of God in heaven, the Holy Spirit. 
and that if you will keep stepping, you will find that life wells up in you and it will flow out. John 4.13, Jesus says to the woman at the well, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So just think about it. As you're walking to Zion, where we will be for eternity, with Zion also inside of you, you've literally got a spring from the river of life. And it's the Holy Spirit. And it is welling up inside of you. And it is watering the ground on which you walk The Lord goes on to say in John, whoever believes in me, scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. The psalmist says also that of these rivers, we can drink from them, the rivers of his delight. And so I want to, I love, again, that Antoinette had us pray over our feet because I do feel if there are people in here that you just feel stuck, like you can't keep moving on pilgrimage. And the Lord wants to ignite that spring in your heart. If you would be so bold to stand, if that is you, I want to pray for you. If you feel stuck, okay. Okay. Like I said, it took a company of 12 women to help me move along in my heart wrestling and my pilgrimage to Zion. The body of Christ is very important. The voice of God thundering, roaring through the women around you is important. So ladies, as Hannah said, this is body, this is body of Christ work. If you would look to the women around you, extend your hands either toward them if you're not standing up or lay them on them. I want you to pray that the Lord would unleash their springs. I'm going to corporately pray over us, and you can minister that. But if there's a woman brave to stand, I want you to go, lay your hands on her, extend your hands toward her. Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for sending the Holy Spirit I thank you for this deposit of Zion that is inside of us, God, the river of your life by which there are all of these fruit trees that bear the leaves for healing. And there's all this beauty that's painted in Revelation, God, that there there is a tap inside of us into that. So I call forth living waters in Jesus' name. I call them forth. I pray that they be stirred. I pray you send your ministering angels right now, God. We want to live in that roar that they stir the waters in these women's hearts. And then it would begin to trinkle up, to trinkle up, Father. And that then it begin to just roar inside of them, Father. I pray, God, that it roar inside of them in such a way that they just feel refreshed from the inside out, Father. I thank you, God, that as the word has been declared over them, God, that they have been washed and cleansed, God, with the washing of your word. I thank you, God, that you tell us there is one spirit of which we all drink and we drink freely and abundantly. You invite us, come to the waters, those who are thirsty, and we come. We thank you, God, for the finished work, the wholeness that was accomplished through Jesus. And we thank you for the wellsprings 
that will lead these women through the valley of weeping until they are with God in full view. Zion, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 